Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV. You can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. And of course, you can download the latest episodes at WMR.FM. In this episode, this is going to be a fun one. We're going to be talking about why just installing plugins isn't a magic fix for accessibility. And joining us for that conversation is someone who knows a little bit about accessibility. I'd like to welcome to the show, Nick Croft. Nick, welcome. Hey, David. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So glad to have you here. I know we've had the opportunity to chat uh, various, uh, I guess, encounters throughout the WordPress community over the years. Uh, and I know you have kind of this background and focus on accessibility. So I have, don't think I've ever talked to you about that specifically. So I'm glad to do that here. Um, but for those listening, uh, Nick is with a company called Reactive Studios. Um, he's a wi widely known expert at WordPress accessibility uh, specifically and um, is certified in a lot of different ways around accessibility. But really what Nick is going to be covering today is your, your plugin strategy as, as it relates to accessibility. Um, kind of how do you think about your plugins, what plugins, uh, what decisions might, uh, to, I'm sorry, criteria might you use when deciding what plugins to use? So these type of topics. I'm really looking forward to hearing that from Nick because he has a really informed point of view. All right, Nick, first question. Uh, every guest gets the same one. You might remember it from your WordPress.org uh, user account creation process, but uh, briefly tell me your WordPress origin story. Sure, I uh, got started working actually doing uh, blogging, things like that personally. I uh, was working with a different platform and hopped into doing WordPress 
because I was told it was easier to do templating on it and I uh, discovered it was not, but learned a whole lot about doing it and actually ended up, uh, this was like pre-WordPress 2.0, uh, learning a lot about things, uh, working with templating and then getting paid to do this for other people as WordPress kind of continued to grow and actually got a lot easier to work with. Uh, so that was over 12 years ago. Uh, and since then, you know, moved into Genesis, moved into, you know, other uh, kind of big in work and now do um, uh, uh, client work with an agency that's a WordPress VIP partner. So kind of a whole lot of stuff happened in, in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you wound the clock back uh, quite a bit and uh, kind of skipped, of course, a lot of things as a part of your journey. You, you do so much in in WordPress in general. It's interesting to hear you were you're kind of get in from the content side. You said you were like literally yeah, blogging I, content. That's how you got into. That's exactly where I started. I was on a different platform blogging, and I wanted to change the way things worked. And there was not a lot of flexibility to change anything. Um, which made me look into WordPress, which had the flexibility, but at the time, you know, this is like really old WordPress, uh, pre 2.0, uh, was a little cumbersome. Uh, and then some of the things that they added in 2.0 made things a lot easier. Um, and I just kind of got addicted to working on it and to the point that people paid me. Wow. You're so well known and like the developer side of the WordPress community, like to hear the content was your, was your Genesis there. Uh, it's kind of funny. And, and speaking of Genesis, you also wrote the book, of course, Genesis explained, as part of one, one of your many, many areas you've um, contributed and are known for in WordPress. Thank you so much for coming here today. Uh, I was wondering if you could tell us uh, briefly about what Reactive Studios does and kind of what you do there. Sure, uh, well, we are a uh, agency and we do a lot of client work, uh, some fairly big name clients that unfortunately, I don't know which ones I'm allowed to say I can do, but if you go to uh, reactivestudios.com, it lists some of the clients that we've worked with some really great people. We have developed partnerships uh, with several hosting companies. Uh, we've got clients that work with WP Engine, for example, um, and other hosting agencies, but one of our big uh, ones is a VIP, uh, WordPress VIP uh, partner. And so we work with a lot of WordPress VIP uh, clients. Um, we do everything from WordPress to kind of standalone React environments. I've uh, been exploring into a lot of that lately um, and have done kind of the gamut of, uh, you know, kind of corporate uh, websites to, uh, you know, higher ed stuff uh, and pretty much everything in between on all of that. So it's, it's always fun to start new projects, learn new things and, and discover how to uh, meet our clients' needs. So hands-on working on websites, I love it. Um, and so you mentioned kind of a lot of different kinds of sites there. And of course, like basically every kind of site needs accessibility. Uh, but I was wondering if you could tell me more specifically about the kind of work you do with accessibility. Oh, sure. Um, you know, that, that kind of goes back a little bit to my WordPress origin story. Uh, I worked for a uh, company called uh, Copyblogger. You may have heard of them uh, via Studio Press, whom you may also have heard of. Uh, and we created, uh, me and Rafal Tamal, um, created a, a plugin called uh, Genesis Simple Share. And the idea was to make it really easy to add share buttons to uh, your, your Genesis theme. Um, and so we built the plugin and I thought it was really great. It looked really great. It functioned really well. 
Uh, and then I attended a, uh, a WordCamp uh, conference and sat in on an accessibility. Um, and this was about four or five years ago, uh, an accessibility session. And the, the person giving the, the talk suggested that you go in and use accessibility tools on the site like screen readers. And so I did and I got to our plugin and it was horribly inaccessible. Um, and I felt really bad that we had created something I was so proud of that was inaccessible. So I spent some time fixing it uh, and tested it with other stuff and realized that it still wasn't right. And it, it took a lot of back and forth to finally get it right. And I'm like, accessibility is really hard. I don't like it. Um, and then I began studying more of it uh, and realized that the reason why it's hard is because we don't think about it when we're doing our work. Uh, we go in and plug it in after the fact, after we've created everything, and now we're trying to fix something that if we had thought about at the beginning, we could have accounted for that the whole way. Um, and so through Reactive, the, they've paid for me to go take some additional classes. Uh, I got a bunch of certifications, uh, just a whole lot of letters that go after my name, and I, I don't like to lean on those things, but I've become really um, enthusiastic about making sure that accessibility is happening. So, so like at Reactive, when we do a project, I'm going in and testing components as I build them, as other people I'm working on a project with are building them. I'm doing uh, monthly uh, uh, lunch and learns where, where we talk about accessibility and I talk about maybe some specific component that, that we built and why it wasn't accessible to start with and what steps we took to make it accessible and why it's very good now. Um, when we look at using plugins, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit, I test them and make sure that things work the way users expect um, because that's a big part of accessibility is it's supposed to also be usable. Uh, you know, when we talk about Genesis Simple Share, it looked usable, but when I actually did it, it wasn't usable when I tested it and, and went through the stuff. Um, and even when I added stuff and it was like accessible because I added all the ARIA stuff, it wasn't actually usable when we went back and tested it more. Um, and so I'm trying to bring these two ideas together, make it accessible uh, in a technical sense, but usable in a realistic sense. Um, that's something that I'm really enthusiastic about and look forward to helping other people uh, understand how they can meet these same goals because the the internet um, you know you talk about accessibility outside I, I used to do construction and one of the things that I had to do was uh, every time I installed a door that had a door closer on it we had a, a thing that we would hook on to and you'd pull it and it only had to have I think it was 15 pounds of pull force and if it was too much you had to adjust it and stuff like that so so it's making so people if I can, could interject for a second here just uh, thinking about to what you just were talking about about kind of making accessibility part of your practice from the very beginning and how that greatly reduces the complexity of achieving your accessibility goals thinking about your door analogy it's like if you'd installed the wrong door um, system if you will uh, ripping it out and putting in an accessible one later would, would have been problematic um, I, it, it's really, I haven't really heard people talk about it in that way, like just, you know, really focusing on, on doing it right from the start. So I kind of want to unpack this because obviously that's going to have a huge impact on, on the way you think of plugins. Um, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. 
If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY podcasting system. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. We're in the middle of our episode, Why Just Installing Plugins Isn't a Magic Fix for Accessibility with Nick Croft. Nick, right before the break, you were talking about the accessibility work that you do, and you kind of mentioned that uh, at Reactive Studios, um, you... It, you're doing accessibility work for clients, but your journey really started when you created your plugin, um, Genesis Simple Share, and how you were kind of almost embarrassed when you actually ran it through a screen reader, and how that kind of started you on this journey of learning and, and taking courses and getting certified. And then you kind of made this, I, I thought, very poignant observation that accessibility is hard if you do it in arrears, <laughs> but is um, much easier if you make it kind of part of your practice and so like plugins are often a draw for people looking for a magic fix for for something on their wordpress site and sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't Um, but could you maybe talk a little bit about that like describe the wrong way you see folks used when uh when using plugins to improve accessibility in other words if they're trying to use it as a magic fix what does the wrong way look like when folks do that Sure. Um, so the, the kind of plugins I'm talking about are, are what we would call overlay plugins. Uh, and I, I don't want to name a bunch of uh, brands because I don't want to make them get angry that I'm saying they're bad. And I also don't want people to, to go around and try and find them. Uh, but basically, if it says it's a quick fix for accessibility, it's not. Uh, and, and it's doing things wrong. And in some ways, it actually makes things worse. Um, to to kind of go back to the analogy of construction, as, as I was talking about before the break, uh, a lot of these plugins are sort of like um, if, if you have steps going up to your building and your address for fixing accessibility is to put a sign at the bottom of your steps that says accessible entrance in the back. Um, and, and now the person has to roll past the dumpster and go around and come up a ramp and then go through the stock, stock room to get into your store. You've not made your store accessible. You've made it really gross. Um, these accessibility overlay plugins will do things like add a accessibility menu to the site um, and that lets you go in and change a bunch of stuff in your in your site so you can uh, make your fonts larger you can add contrast displays and all of these things sound great but they do some weird things to make that happen they call it artificial intelligence Um, and and the truth is that when we do accessibility testing automatic testing can only catch about 20 percent of the problems uh, that means that you have to go through and and look at the site and understand things. So it may add uh, alt text to images, but we know that computers can't understand an image and and provide a description. That's why 
uh, when you when you submit a form and all of a sudden it comes up and says, we think you might be a robot, select all the stop signs that you see on this image uh, because a computer doesn't know there's a stop sign on the image. They can't solve that problem. Um, artificial intelligence is not gonna solve how to describe this image to your user. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of things like that. Um, they can also hijack the tab uh, experience, so keyboard navigation, um, and it can actually create a poor experience for users that are trying to keyboard navigate your site. Uh, it can uh, hijack hotkeys that your users may have pre-programmed onto their, their keyboard so that they can quickly access certain menus that are available in their screen reader or their text-to-speech, um, their speech-to-text uh, programs and things like that. And when those things are hijacked, it makes it inaccessible for certain users who need the, the shortcuts that they've created in order to actually do anything on the site. Um, it makes it incredibly cumbersome if they have to suddenly go to uh, fallback methods of navigating your site. And it doesn't fix the kinds of things, uh, you know, I brought up the, the image alt tags or link text. Um, it doesn't fix the kinds of things that artificial intelligence, computers in general, simply don't understand. Uh, so it's really best to learn how to do things the right way um, and to make sure that the plugins and themes that you're using are accessible to start with instead of trying to plug something in like putting a sign in front of your store that says, please go around to the loading dock out back, uh, which would be a terrible experience to give somebody coming to your website. Okay, so if I'm like classifying this, it's like the overlay plugins are basically putting your front door, your back door for people that need that accessible option, which isn't really accessibility. You also kind of talked about this notion that some of these plugins include, which would be things like automatically adding all tags to images based on AI interpreting what the image is. And so those are, in your view, and I agree, I've, I've seen really good versions of that, but it's, um, but it's not, you know, something that can be done only by AI and provide the correct context to uh, someone using a screen reader. Um, even the stop sign example is like, why is that picture of the stop sign there? You know, th there's more context often even than just acknowledging that it is a stop sign. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that rang true for me. Um, and then the, also the kind of auto detection of issues in addition to just quote mistakes people make, but um, that, that kind of notion that really in order to catch the accessibility issues, you can't rely on those automatic testing methods um, because context and, and really fundamentally how things interact with each other play a big role in ultimately how that user experiences the, the, the website. Um, so relative to plugins though, because I know that there are you know, good plugins for, for assisting in accessibility, um, what, what are your favorite plugins for assisting in accessibility? Yeah, that's a, a interesting question. Um, I think there are definitely some good things out there. I've actually got one that we're gonna, we've got uh, approved to go into the, the WordPress repo and uh, I just need to do a couple things so that it looks right when we submit that. Um, and it's, it's a screen reader text formatting plugin. It adds the ability to include text formatting, um, which I think is really great, but it's also a, uh, a double-edged sword. Um, and so I submitted to get that into uh, WordPress core uh, and they're like, this is really great, but at the same time, people are gonna misuse it. And that's true. Um, there's uh, a plugin, I, I have to go look it up. I was talking with somebody else in the accessibility field that they have created to add a few things to uh, the block editor 
that make things more accessible. So accessible buttons and, and things like that that make the experience better. Um, and I think they also had accessible tables. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of that plugin off the top of my head. Um, and again, it's like the answer is there, there's not like a magic plugin. Yeah, there. exactly. So there's things that can make things better, but ultimately when it comes down to them is you really kind of have to, to know what you want to address and find specific plugins that address those things. I, I've looked at a lot of plugins and none of them just do all the things. Uh, and I don't think you want all the things that, you know, tends to be a kitchen sink plugin that adds a lot of weight to your site for things you're not even using. <laughs> so like thinking about it through the lens though, of like starting with accessibility in your build, um, from your view is WordPress core and like 2020 combined, those two things, is that a good accessibility starting point? I would say WordPress core and 2021 is a really good accessibility starting point. They definitely made some big progress in 2020, uh, but 2021, uh, the accessibility team uh, at WordPress core was really working from the building blocks of that theme and adding issues. There's a few things that, that need to still be fixed, but they're, because they made that such an important focus from the start, and that's one of the things I said at the beginning, is if you make it an important focus from the start, it is a lot easier. Um, and so there's a lot less that they've had to go back and fix. And as they go and add things, they check with the, the WordPress accessibility team and, and things are being checked along the way. Uh, and I feel like it's a really good starting point. Um, WordPress and most Genesis child themes from the starting point are, are pretty accessible out of the box. Uh, there's a lot of things that people do wrong with their content that makes it inaccessible, but uh, you know, the, the raw experience is pretty good and there's a good accessibility team there. Um, I think a couple of the other premium theme shops do the same thing where they've got a, an accessibility team now that's looking into stuff. Uh, All right, well, those are, you got us going on a good accessibility build so far, right? We got yeah. core, we got 2021 specifically. We've got some Genesis themes and other third-party uh, premium theme shops. Um, but what I want to do is I want to kind of, I'm going to kind of do a little bit of curveball here. I want to continue this build for a second. We're going to get into plugins next. Uh, and I want to ask you some questions around, you know, how we choose plugins that give us that great starting point. Um, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. We're in the middle of our episode around choosing the right plugins for accessibility. Joining us for that conversation is a well-known uh, accessibility expert, Nick Croft. Nick, before the break, we kind of started on this journey of like an accessibility first build. We, we started with WordPress core and 2021 theme, as well as some Genesis themes and other premium themes perhaps. 
Uh, but now it's time to add some plugins to our build. Uh, how do I know what plugins are, are, are good for accessibility? And I don't mean like an accessibility plugin. I mean like a form plugin that's good for accessibility or a block plugin that's good for accessibility. How do you, uh, how do you go about making the decision? Like how do you do that when, when you're looking for plugins? So this is probably one of the hardest things. Um, accessibility is becoming more and more important to uh, plugin developers. And so there's more of them that are doing a good job. Uh, when I go pick a plugin, I install it um, and then I go through and I test it. And if I find issues, uh, it, it's very rare that something's going to be perfect out of the box. Um, but if I find something, I submit a, a uh, a ticket in some way shape or form to the plugin developer um, and when they reply and say oh thank you for for finding this and they work up a fix and you know within a week or two they fixed it that's my plugin for the future like they care about this and they're going to work on this um, and i may not always be the one to find the issue uh, sometimes it's some feature i'm not using on the plugin but because they've shown that they're interested in fixing it i feel really good handing this off to a client knowing that as step is found, it's only going to get more accessible. You and I are on the same page on that one. How you react to a situation is much more important to me often than if you have situations. Um, so like, but to wind the clock back for a minute though, before you got to the phase of letting the plugin author know, it, it sounded like you found a plugin that, that served the function you were trying to accomplish, and then you tested it for accessibility. Um, did you, do you know of any resources that have like a rating system for plugins so people could like have a head start on that? Or is it just uh, choose the plugin based on what you think is going to work best for the situation and then run your accessibility test? I mean, I'm okay. sure you do it no matter what, but I'm just saying like, is there a place you could go where people have already done some of that rating? I wish that, that existed. And, and I wish to the point that I bought a domain almost a year ago. Uh, in order to create a website where people are able to do literally that. Um, and one day and hopefully the near future, I will have a full weekend to create the website and allow people to start submitting these, these reports and can start actually rating plugins based on their accessibility. Um, it's just a lot to, to maintain and do. Yeah, the ratings, uh, the, the ratings and submissions are the, all the work. Building the site's definitely not the work. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I think that's why it doesn't exist because it's so hard. Like the backlog, for example, they don't have that working in the, the WordPress plugins repo, but there's an accessibility team that evaluates themes that are submitted to the WordPress theme repo. Um, and that accessibility team has a massive backlog and trying to work through it is, uh, it's a Herculean task. It, it's almost impossible. Um, and they're plugging away, but more stuff is added to it than they can than they can process. So it's just a big task to get all that together. Um, and that's one of the things that I see as a major need and I just need to have the time to do it or some people to work with me to do it. Uh, I, like, I get this, right? Like, um, you know, there, there's not something that exists to help people out. Like fundamentally you're, you're kind of choosing the plugin and then running your accessibility tests on whatever the plugin does to your website. And then, you know, deciding whether that plugin's right for you based on those tests or whether you're going to use a specific feature or something. I'm just curious, like if, if there's not a curated list available today, have you ever done things like reading the support tickets for the plugin on WordPress.org or 
their change log to see if they're addressing accessibility. I'm wondering if like particularly the support tickets on .org, if that would be a clue as to uh, before you install and test it as to whether accessibility was a problem with that plugin. Yeah, I 100% when I look at a, a plugin on .org, uh, my first thing I look at is how many people have it installed. If five people have it installed, I'm probably gonna look somewhere else. Uh, I look at the number of people that are happy with it, how many stars it has. Um, I look to make sure that it's valid with, you know, recent versions of WordPress, that it's been updated relatively recently. And then I dive into the support tickets and see it, a couple of things. I want to see the support tickets are being answered. Um, if they've got 500 support tickets and not a single one's answered, I'd look somewhere else. Uh, but I also do look to see if there's accessibility issues that have been addressed and fixed. And I look to see that in the change log. Uh, to see what's actually happening with it. And those are definitely all ways to make sure the plugin is going to be more um, sustainable, I guess is the, the, a good word for that. It's not gonna be something you install that you find out two years later hasn't been maintained for two years and has security problems or has usability problems or has you know WordPress compatibility problems. Uh, those are all big issues. And then of course, accessibility problems. That's uh, I did an episode of Press This actually where I went through my list. I think it was identical to yours, say, for the accessibility part. Uh, but I think I'm going to add those queries for support tickets on plugins to my own list in the future. Uh, that does seem, and the change log, as you pointed out, those both seem like great ways to, to kind of tease out ahead of your testing if, if there might be something wrong there. Well, Nick, this was super informative. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, really excited. Look forward to doing some more. <laughs> Absolutely. If you'd like to learn more about what Nick is up to, you can visit Reactive, and that's spelled R-E-A-K-T-I-V, studios.com. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.